Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. And hello, it's Woodstock Nation celebrating the spirit of Woodstock. Woodstock Nation, also a documentary that's going to come out this year. 50 years of music festivals from Woodstock to today celebrating the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals. Just hard to believe Woodstock, just about to celebrate the 50th anniversary coming up in August. And I just had the delight of, you know, talking so much about Woodstock working on this project. And I am just a a Woodstock fan. Never went to Woodstock. I did have some hippie cousins, older hippie cousins. And I just looked up to them like kids do, right? And they were so into the music. And I really thank them for getting me into the music and all this cool stuff about Woodstock. In fact, I, you know, I always dreamed of going to Woodstock. If I could go back in time, go to Woodstock, that would be my biggest dream. And then instead, since you know, I don't have a time machine, I just became a major deadhead and went to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Grateful Dead shows. And that made me feel like that was kind of my Woodstock. I got to feel that hippie feeling. And a lot of people still doing that today. They go to Coachella or Bonnaroo or a big festival, you know, uh, Bottle Rock or something like that, Outside Lands. And you feel like, hey, this um, this is like Woodstock, right? So it's it's still super, super cool. We're going to look back at Woodstock day one. And I've got some really exciting things to talk about. The bands and some of the lore that went with it. Uh, the, the show was supposed to start at noon on that Friday, which was August the 15th. Didn't start till 5 o'clock. Everything was so chaotic. You know, you hear the stories about the New York Thruway being completely closed. Well, that's true. And traffic. I've talked to some folks that went to Woodstock. And that's... They, they talk about the traffic people were abandoning their cars because they just you couldn't even get in there they really didn't think it all out but that did add to the mysticism and the magic of the whole thing of Woodstock Richie Havens went on stage guitar in hand he was told to go up there and kill some time on stage he didn't know that many songs he was kind of a new artist he played what he knew And then he started playing stuff that he kind of knew, kind of, maybe. So he did play Strawberry Fields Forever, the Beatles tune, but he messed up the lyrics terribly, uh, bumbled through it. And then it was his last song. They're like, man, stretch it out, man, stretch it out. And then he played Freedom, which is the, you saw that on the movie, the Woodstock movie. He said he created that on stage. So that is pretty cool. And then a sort of a spiritual moment came next at the Woodstock Music and Art Festival. That is when Swami Satchidanada, he came up on stage. They thought, you know, we need something peaceful. We need somebody to, you know, give a blessing to the crowd. I think that's lovely, don't you think? So he shared a prayer of peace and love sitting in Lotus style on stage in his very Swami way. Uh, Later he was called the Woodstock Guru. He called music the celestial sound that controls the whole universe. And, you know, they did yoga. It's so cool. They did yoga at Woodstock. And, boy, that is a trend that has really escalated 50 years later, hasn't it? Sweetwater took the stage uh, about 6 o'clock in the evening on the first day. 
and Nancy Nevins, the singer of Sweetwater, they were coming to some great acclaim. They were really an up-and-coming band. They had a hit single, Motherless Child. They'd been on television shows, and they were just skyrocketing to fame. They did an amazing set. We interviewed Nancy Nevins for our documentary, Woodstock Nation, and she said they didn't stick around. They luckily got in. Uh, and then they left pretty much after their set. They didn't stay for very long because one of the guys in the band apparently had to get back because he had he was in the, the reserves for the army or one of the, you know, the branches of the military. And he had to get back in the morning for Saturday morning. So they ended up leaving. They did not skyrocket to fame, though, because a few months after Woodstock, Nancy was in a car with a friend. There was an accident on the freeway. They saw the cars in front of them stopping. They stopped their car safely. And Nancy said she looked at her friend and said, we made it. We're okay. And then a car behind them just bashed right into them. And one of Nancy's vocal cords was severed. So she just didn't have that big, booming voice, a beautiful voice that she had. They told her she'd never sing again. She did sing again. She has uh, sang. But it's not quite the same. It's a more of a whispery voice. So they never really got the acclaim that, you know, a band would have gotten, you'd think, by playing Woodstock. And then there's Bert Summer. He played after them. You probably thought, who? They call him the lost star of Woodstock. Uh, he was really popular at the time. And, now, of course, nobody knows him. It's sort of one of those, you know, Jeopardy questions. Who's Bert Summer? Who? Exactly. Uh, he was in the original production of Hair, the musical, but not really much. I mean, he did Simon and Garfunkel's America while on stage at Woodstock, and he got a standing ovation. Tim Harden was the next to get up on stage, uh, Woodstock, the very first day. He was really a big star, too. He wrote the song, If I Were a Carpenter. He was a folky. He was a popular. Uh, but he wasn't. He didn't make it into the Woodstock movie. He was not on the original Woodstock album. So those things being left off of that kind of stuff is going to make or break your career. And he really didn't get the skyrocket to fame either. And then Ravi Shankar, dad of Nora Jones, very spiritual. He's the guru. Uh, he, he, you know, of course, Jer George Harrison got the Beatles into all, you know, the Indian Eastern philosophies and things like that. And he was buddies with Ravi Shankar and Ravi Shankar, just wonderful, wonderful sitar music. I'm such a fan of sitar music. There's something about that sitar that just resonates and it just makes you feel, I don't know, elevated perhaps. And then of course, Melanie took stage. Now it's like 11 o'clock and they're way behind schedule. So they're, this is what cracks me up about Woodstock is that it's 11 o'clock at night and they still got a bunch of acts still to come because, you know, now they're like sound curfews and you have to be done with your, you know, music by 11 or we're going to fine you and this and that. Well, obviously that was not the case at Woodstock. I saw the performance from Melanie. I was watching some of this. Melanie Safka. You know, she was just the one name wonder, Melanie. And she wrote a hit later after Woodstock called Brand New Key. I remember that song. I loved that tune. She did not play that at Woodstock because she didn't hadn't written it yet. But she uh, fought and fought and fought to get be able to use both of her names, Melanie Safka. And now she says recently, she said, you know, I'm just going to go back to Melanie. I mean, I really fought hard to just have that one name. She said she was terrified out of her mind. And I can only imagine why. She was 22 years old. 
She was alone on stage with just her and her guitar. She was starting to, she was sort of an unknown folky, but it, things were starting to turn in her direction. Uh, apparently her mom came over earlier in the day on that Friday, the first day of Woodstock and came over and said, come on, let's go. And they drove up to Woodstock together, immediately got to Woodstock and lost each other. And she, Melanie said she never saw her mom the rest of Woodstock. I'm sure her mom had a lot of fun. But she went up on stage and she said she was terrified out of her mind when she got on stage at Woodstock. And then it started to rain. Woodstock Nation. Just revisiting Woodstock and Woodstock Nation. Looking at the first day of Woodstock on Marla Davies, I've become sort of a Woodstock aficionado because I'm working on the documentary Woodstock Nation. I've done tons and tons of research. I never went to Woodstock too young. I actually didn't even, wasn't even aware of it. I I was a little kid. My parents were certainly not into rock and roll music and there was no... I had no idea Woodstock was going on. I was just in La La Land. But it's been a lot of fun looking back and, of course, celebrating the 50-year anniversary this summer. Talking about the first day of Woodstock, Arlo Guthrie takes the stage just before midnight. Still another act to come, too. Arlo Guthrie, uh, whose dad is Woody Guthrie, famous folk singer. I mean, it's a legacy for him. Uh, He did his famous tune coming into Los Angeles and uh, everybody singing that. And he ended his set with Amazing Grace, did, you know, a really nice long set. He actually is going to play the 50th anniversary at Bethel Woods, which is where the original site is now, which was Yazgar's Farm. And now it's the Bethel Woods, I think, Music Center or something like that. He's going to do a free concert, which is the day before, uh, the Thursday night before the anniversary starts. So that is, would be, it would be very cool. And I love he's doing a free concert. They're actually going to show the movie at Bethel, too, on that Thursday night before uh, the anniversary weekend. That would be really amazing to see the Woodstock movie. The cool thing about that is that we wouldn't know about Woodstock if we didn't have that. If we did not have the Woodstock movie and, of course, the album, we wouldn't have those visuals. We wouldn't see what it, what life was like, Those that momentous weekend at Woodstock, right? So cool that we have that archive. And then after Arlo Guthrie, the headlining act, Joan Baez... First day of Woodstock, closes it out. Her set starts at 1 a.m. Joan Baez was a huge, huge star at the time. She was huge in the folk movement. You know, she started dating Bob Dylan. That was sort of scandalous because, you know, Bob was the first really to bring the electric guitar into that scene. And those folkies, they they like their acoustic stuff. Joan is like hardcore to the max. Uh, I guess when she went on stage, it started drizzling. It just was sort of teasing everybody a little bit at Woodstock with the drizzling. And then, you know, by the end of her set, it was raining heavily on that first day, the Friday night of Woodstock. Joan Baez was pregnant at the time of Woodstock. She flew in on a helicopter with Janis Joplin. Boy, there couldn't be two different people. Joan pregnant. She's probably trying to be pure, you know, as as any pregnant mom tries their hardest, you know, to be for the baby. Janice 
partying <laughs> and stoned out of her gourd. Anyway, they flew on in the helicopter together, uh, and then Joan gave birth, not at Woodstock, uh, but she did give birth that December to her son, Gabriel. He was born December 1969. So Joan Baez took, sta- took, took the stage, uh, started, she sang with Oh Happy Day, which actually, ironically, Sweetwater had played earlier in the day. Uh, you know, that was sort of a hit t- of the time, and she, she played many of her own original stuff that she wrote because, you know, she's very talented. Ending her set with We Shall Overcome. That is the first day of Woodstock, and what an amazing first day of music. And from the lineup, it just got better and better and better. And we are celebrating Woodstock, the 50th anniversary. And, of course, I'm one of the producers for Woodstock Nation, the documentary, The Revolution, Evolution, and Life-Changing Magic of Music Festivals, where we talk to people all ages how about people that went to woodstock and people that went to other music festivals and maybe just went this summer to see a festival and how magical they really are and why after all these years and with all our technology people still coming back because people love to be together and enjoy the tribe we're spreading the spirit of woodstock here at woodstock nation we'll be back next week talking about day two And we always have some interesting stories and tidbits to share with you. Holding the torch here. Great to hear from you. Great to be together. And peace. Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in. Turn on. Next week.